0: My name's Dave, I'm the lead pastor here. If you're here for the very first time this morning, welcome to Connect. If you're joining us online for the very first time, thanks so much for choosing to spend some time with us here this morning. I would venture to guess that whether you're here in person or watching online, that All of you here fall into one of two categories, okay? You are uh, one of two different types of people. You are either somebody who likes to plan, okay? Maybe you're a person who likes to plan, or maybe you're somebody who just wants to have no plan, Okay, maybe you're a planner, you've got to-do lists, you like to go through and write everything down. Uh, Sometimes you'll do something that wasn't on your to-do list, you'll add it to your to-do list just so you can check it off that you've done it. Um, And then there are those of you who are like, man, that just sounds so crazy, like where's the fun in that? We need to live life fast, moving like fast, you know, um, no plan, that's the way to go. And here's how you can kind of identify um, which of those two you fall into. So I'll give you an example. Maybe you're the person in your household who's in charge of uh, preparing the meals, the cooking, the grocery shopping. Um, If you're a planner and that's your job, then you are the person who sits down at the beginning of the week, you figure out the menu for the week, we're going to eat this for dinner every night, you've, you've got pen and paper, you're, you're on your Kroger app, you're, you're shopping, you're figuring out the menu, the ingredients, and, and you're like, when you go to the store, you are ready, you've got everything planned out. Now, if you are also the person who cooks and prepares the meals and, and buys the groceries, but you're not a planner, you're like, man, that sounds like so much work. I just show up at the grocery store. I walk the aisles, I think, you know what? I'll figure it out when I get there. When I get there, I'll buy what I need for dinner tonight. Maybe I'll even get tomorrow night's dinner as well. And and that's how you live. I'm guessing that maybe you eat cereal for dinner a lot more often than the people on this side, but you know what? Life's fun, that's fine. And you know, I've come to realize in my own life, if I'm being transparent here, that actually, it's not whether you're one or the other. Sometimes in different areas of our life, we're one or the other. When it comes to home improvements, uh, if I have to hang some blinds or fix a leaky toilet, unfortunately, I'm, I'm this guy, okay? That's why I make seven or eight trips to Menards for one project because I'll buy what I think I need. I'll get back, it was too long, too short. I'll go back, I'll buy the other one, and then I, I really should hire some professionals to help me with these kind of projects. But when it comes to vacations, oh, I'm a planner. If we're going somewhere new, and I've never been there before, I spend weeks beforehand. I'm on TripAdvisor, I'm on Google, I'm finding out what there is to do when we get there, what there is to see, because we cannot waste a single moment while we're there. You can imagine how excited Casey is when we're on the plane and I open my laptop to show her the itinerary that I've prepared for our vacation. She's so thrilled by that. You see, Casey's one of those old-fashioned people that tends to think that when you go on vacation, you shouldn't have to set an alarm in the morning. (laughs) So silly. How are you going to get everything done if you don't set an alarm? I mean, come on, there's there's stuff to see and do here. But here's the crazy thing, and we're in this series called In God We Trust. Whether you're a planner or not a planner, why is it that so many of us, in one of the biggest areas of our lives, our finances, we fail to plan? We don't have a plan. We just kind of hope things will work out. And you might think, well, well, that's not such a bad thing, right? But we discovered just a a few weeks ago, didn't we, that one of the leading causes of stress in families today is around the area of finances. And I would venture to guess that one of the reasons is because many families, many couples, many individuals even are, are, are feeling that stress because there's no plan because I have no plan. So in this series, as followers of Jesus, we're trying to look at this through the perspective of our relationship with God. Saying, God, what would it look like if, if not just um, some areas, but every area of our life, we were able to say, in God we trust. Especially our possessions and our finances. What would it look like, God, if, if we made sure that the top button was right, and every other button falls into place afterwards? See, I think that God wants to free us up from from anxiety, financial anxiety. It's time to stop flying by the seat of our pants and to make a plan. I'm gonna talk about that this morning because I wanna tell you today that maybe you've heard this this saying before, this adage, and it's so true. If you don't tell your money where to go, you're always gonna wonder where it went. You like that? If you don't tell your money where to go, you're always gonna end up wondering, where, where did it go? Where, where is it? Now, some of you might be here this morning, maybe you're here for the very first time, and you think, thinking, well, why are we talking about something like this in church this morning? Shouldn't we talk about prayer or Jesus? And that's a great question, and yes, we should, but um, it's amazing to find that actually Jesus himself, when you read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that tell us about the life of Jesus, this is a subject that Jesus talked about a lot. Because this isn't something that we just wrestle with here in, in 2021 in America. This is something that 2,000 years ago, the followers of Jesus were also wrestling with, with possessions and money and, and the impact it can have on our lives. So two weeks ago, we kind of set the foundation for this idea by, by learning that everything good Comes from God. Everything good comes from God. If you're a follower of Jesus this morning, one of the um, primary things you should be aware of is that in my life, everything good comes from God. We were just singing that about seeing the blessings in our life because we, we believe that, that all we have, all that He's given us, He's blessed us with. We also learn, Jesus said in Matthew 6:21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That very often, what we focus at most of our attention on, what drives us the most, what kind of consumes us the most, can be where our heart finds itself. So, for this reason, we're going to talk this morning about having a plan. Because the truth is, what we do with what we have, what we do with what we've been given, reveals who has our heart. What we do with what we've been given truly reveals who has our heart. So we need to have a plan. We need to have a plan when it comes to our our finances. And not just any old plan. It's got to be a good plan, okay? If your current financial plan uh, involves scratch-off lottery tickets, it may not be the best financial plan um, currently. If your uh, financial plan involves something like this meme that I came across online this week, Uh, if you get a loan at a bank, you pay it for 30 years. If you rob a bank, you're out in 10 years. Follow me for more financial advice, okay? The logic works, but not a good plan, okay? Not a good financial plan. So, so what, would, what would be a good plan? Well, I think we're gonna see this one that the Bible lays out this really simple plan. Very simple in principle, but, but can still be um, hard for many of us to apply in our lives. And it's simply this. There's, there's three parts to it one, two, and three, is to live a life where we we make a decision to give, save, live. Give, save, live. Give, save, live. That's the plan. And here's the thing. I don't think I'm gonna have a hard time persuading you this morning of the benefits of giving and saving as well as living. I would venture to guess that, that most of us in the room here this morning, most of us watching online, we have a heart that we would love to be able to give. We would love to be able to share. We would love to help people in need when our friends and family members are, family members are struggling to be able to, to do something to help. So I don't doubt that any of us have a desire to want to be able to give. I also believe that everyone in this room this morning, everyone watching online, wants to be wise about their future. Wants to make sure that there's some money set aside so when uh, a surprise comes along, when something happens, uh, we're ready. That we're preparing for kids in college, medical bills, whatever they may be. So I don't think there's a problem understanding the benefits of give, save, live. The, the challenge is that if we're honest, most of us, many of us, we have that list reversed, don't we? We start with live and we really hope... <laughs> That we live just right so that at the end of the month there's enough to maybe give and save. But we start with live instead of the other way around. And I think for us this morning, I I actually think this is really wise advice because it comes from the Bible. I think it's wise advice for anyone to follow, whether they believe in Jesus or not. But as followers of Jesus, I really think this is something that Jesus was trying to teach us to help free us. To show how liberating it can be to live a life of, in God, we trust. Because we see this spoken about a lot throughout the Bible. So let's, let's look at give first. What does that look like? So Paul, he was um, a guy who met Jesus, had an encounter with Jesus. His life turned around completely. He went from being somebody who despised and persecuted Christians to somebody who, who proclaimed the name of Christ throughout the New Testament world. A big part of the New Testament was written by Paul. It was letters that he wrote to these brand new churches that were just starting after Jesus had died and risen again. One of the churches that Paul helped to start and then Paul wrote to later was a church in a city called Corinth. And he was kind of giving them some advice on what it meant to live as followers of Jesus. And in, in his second letter to the people in Corinth, he talks about this issue of money and possessions so in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, he says this. Listen, he says, You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. So right there, Paul's saying we must each decide, and this is just as applicable, I think, to us today as it was to these folks back then. We must each decide in our heart how much we want to give. That's, we should have a plan. That's basically what Paul is saying. It's a good idea to have a plan. Then he goes on in verse 7, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Now let me explain this concept really quickly here, because um, I don't think, I mean, right now it's April, May time, so a lot of us are doing our taxes. Um, if you haven't done so already, you may be in the next couple of weeks write a check that needs to go to the IRS uh, to add to the money that you've already been sending throughout the year uh, in your taxes. I don't think Paul's saying that, you should do that cheerfully. <laughs> I, I'm not sure that many of us are that cheerful when we write that text, when we get our pay up and we see uh, what's being taken out. But I think there are times when we do have the opportunity to give cheerfully. Here at Connect, um, I can think of at least a couple of families who have gone through difficult times. Their children have been affected with childhood cancer, have spent time at St. Jude in Memphis, have received wonderful treatment and care as a result. I'm looking forward to this summer when the St. Jude runs and drives and all the different fundraisers start to happen. I know here in Washington, we're a big community that that gives to that organization. I'm looking forward to cheerfully giving because I've had personal experience of families who have been affected by this. So I like being able to give. Casey and I, we've, we've got a plan of what we wanna give on a regular basis here to Connect Church. And the reason we've come up with that plan, the reason we enjoy giving cheerfully is as as a pastor, um, I I get to hear the stories. I get to see what God is doing here in Washington and in the surrounding areas and around the world with what um, we give to connect each week. So I give cheerfully because I love getting to see what this is doing to impact other lives. And I think that's what Paul's talking about there when he says about giving cheerfully. Then listen to what Paul says God will do for those who give. Verse 8, I love this. God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. It's like a promise that Paul is talking about here. And, and we, we, we learned about this last week. If you were here last week, we talked about this great story Jesus told one day on a mountainside where he was looking up at the sky at the birds and he was looking around at the flowers and he said, Look at how much God provides for them. Look at how God provides food for the birds in the air. Look at how he clothes the beautiful flowers all around us. And you are of so much more importance. He loves you so much more than the birds. And the flowers. So, if he cares for them, if he provides what they need, how much more do you think he will provide what you need? And that's exactly what Paul is saying here in this letter to the Corinthians God will provide your needs. That's the blessing of being able to give. So why save? It's always great to be able to set aside a, a bit of money each month for the, when those unexpected things happen because if we don't, what often happens is that we don't have the resources, uh, we have to turn to our credit cards or borrow money and, and the Bible talks about that. In Proverbs 22 verse 7, it says that the borrower is slave to the lender. So that debt, that enslaves us and many of us know this feeling all too well. I want to tell you that one of the resources we provide here at Connect Church, we've got some amazing people who just really have a passion to help people with budgeting and finance. And many times we've had folks come to us here at Connect and say, hey, you know, I'm just really struggling, I'm kind of upside down here, and I just can't seem to figure things out. And we've been able to connect those families, those couples, those individuals with these people, and they've helped turn things around. We've run classes, the uh, Dave Ramsey financial peace class, because we really want to help people who are struggling in these areas. So if you're looking, please, please contact us, email us, let us know, because we would love to help you get to a place where you're not finding that, that, that debt, that, 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 that slavery that goes with debt. And then the last idea is live. So when we choose to have a plan of giving and saving, we can then live. Now, ideally, we should plan to live on whatever's left after we've given and saved. That's, that's the goal. Some people will have a plan. Some people, their plan is a ratio of something like 10, 10, 80. Okay? They, they've made that decision. I'm going to try and give 10. I'm going to try and save 10. And then I'm going to try and live on the 80. That, that's their plan. Other people have different variations of this plan. There's might be five, 590 or it might be 1090 because they only save or only give. But, but the plan is that um, I'm gonna set aside some in each category, which I think is a good idea. The challenge is when we don't have a ratio like that. The challenge is when we're living on 100% and there's no margin for error. And then that opportunity to give comes along and we're not able to give. That financial challenge comes along and we're not able to dip into savings because we're living on 100. What makes it even more challenging is that if we're honest with ourselves, there are some of us, our ratio isn't 10, 10, 80. It's not even 5, 5, 90. Our ratio, the problem we're finding, is that it's 0, 0, 110 we're actually living on 110%. So uh, what we get in, plus an extra 10 that we're having to borrow or find from somewhere else, we're living beyond our means. Remember, if you don't tell your money where to go, you're always gonna wonder where it went because planning is important. And here's why, as a follower of Jesus this morning, We're addressing this at Connect Church. Again, maybe it's your first time in here and you're thinking, why is this the subject? Well, I'll tell you why. Because two years and 51 weeks ago at Washington Middle School, we were wrapping up a series that was talking about finances back then, and the series was called Together for Washington. And the reason we were talking about finances is we were coming to the end of the series and a big opportunity was placed before us as a church to be able to um, do something very bold in the area of giving. We were still meeting in a middle school. We knew that we wanted to get into this building. We, couldn't, we were a newer church, so we couldn't afford, so we were asking people three years ago to join us in this commitment called Together for uh, Washington. Next Sunday will be the last Sunday of this campaign. At the time, we were hoping that 115 individuals, couples, and families would help us reach our goal of $700,000. That was a huge goal for such a, a young new church. But miraculously, two years and 51 weeks later, we find ourselves at a place where not 115, but 210 individuals, couples, families, many of you are in the room this morning or watching online have said, we wanna be a part of this. You've given at some point to that Together for Washington campaign. Our goal was 700,000, and since then, we've had $920,000 donated. That's absolutely amazing. Because of your generosity, because some of you made a plan, almost a quarter of a million dollars over our goal. And people were able to do that because they understood first that everything good comes from God and that they made a plan. And thanks to your generosity, we're now in this new building. We have the technology to uh, allow you to join us online this morning. We couldn't have done this without you, but here's the thing. It was never just about a building. It was never just about a building. All that giving over the last three years has freed us up from a huge amount of debt. Our mortgage payment now is so much lower than it would have been. And all that money we save, we get to do ministry with because it was always more than just a building. This is a wonderful resource that God has given us. We have roots now in the community. We are here to stay. But I want you to know, if you were a part of that Together for Washington campaign, it was so much more than just a building. It was creating an environment for God to be able to connect our community to Christ. Since moving into Connect, just this building a couple of years ago, a year and a half ago, so many new families have found their way to this church, to a relationship with Jesus. Story after story of God's changing lives. And this morning, I want you to hear the story of one of those families, a family who uh, didn't start attending Connect until we were in this building. Check
1: this out. I grew up going to church um, here and there. Um, did that probably, you know, through junior high into high school. Um, after high school, yeah, I think it just kind of dropped off. Um, didn't necessarily have that when I was going to college and stuff like that, then meeting Jen and you know, starting our life and our family and stuff, we started kind of searching around.
2: I, I grew up going to church, um, so God has always been a part of my life, and then growing up, going you know through high school and college and all that, uh, kind of shifted away a little bit. Um, I didn't really know much, um, I went through a time where I also questioned my faith. Um, we went through some struggles with infertility. Um, you know, I tried prayer, um, it was just a dark time in our lives and I, I really questioned a lot of things and I was at not the best point, best part of my life. Um, we, we moved back here, we started all over again and I feel like one of the first things that we found. Was connect and our our family here, and we have three children now from IVF, and um, we just thank God for that every day. And now we want to be good role models for our children, and this is just this is just a new chapter for us. And we want God in their lives and God in our lives, and chose to have them dedicated here. And Mike and I got baptized here as well, so we just wanted it to be. A whole family thing. We're all starting fresh from the beginning and we're all doing it together so. Mm -hmm.
1: Again through the people that we've met um, we joined a small group Mm -hmm. uh, we meet with them basically every week um, taking the rooted class. I think I've just learned more I guess practical ways to you know have God be a part of my life Um, just have those daily conversations with him. Um, Things that going to church as, you know, a young kid didn't really necessarily learn, you know, how I can actually do those things. Um, Again, in my day-to-day life, I think just having those tools has been able to just grow my relationship with God exponentially. I think now looking back, um, yeah, we we can kind of see how God was working in our life, Um, you know, when we were starting our family. Um, I don't know if at the time we were necessarily aware while we weren't actively seeking him out at that time he was still there in our life and he was you know you know he had his plan and his path for us and and we can see that now
2: God was working on us he had a plan for us he had a path for us and I didn't see it at the time and I see it now and when you realize that I get Emotional and chills now just thinking about it and you just realize that I mean God is so good And he's always working on you and even when you don't know it and when your prayers are unanswered He's working and he has a plan and this is just a new chapter for us and we want God in their lives and God in our lives and It's just been amazing
0: I, uh, <laughs> I know that everyone's story is unique, but I wonder if some of you this morning were sat here listening to their story thinking, man, there's some similarities there. I can see how God was at work in my life as well. I, I love that they said that uh, they, they kind of realized that God was pursuing them before they were even pursuing Him, and that's so god <laughs> Jesus tells this wonderful story about the lost sheep, how the shepherd had 99, but one was missing. And rather than just accept the losses and say, well, I've got 99, he went in search of the one who was missing. Some of you were here this morning because he went in search of you. He pursued you. He found you. Some of your friends and family members right now, they're not here yet, but God is at work in their lives. Pursuing them, drawing them in, just like with Mike and Jan. And I had the wonderful opportunity at our last baby dedication service to stand here on this stage and pray with Mike and Jen and their beautiful, miraculous answer to prayer children and pray and dedicate those kids and say, we're going to join this family. We got to baptize Jen and Mike last Sunday right here on this stage. Now their kids, every Sunday will get to... Being Connect kids will get to grow, learning that God loves them. He has a plan for their lives. They're a part of small groups. They're getting connected. All because 210 individuals, couples, and families said, we want to help Connect move forward in its vision. This, this, This building, like I said, just a tool. But this tool was a place that Mike and Jen, when they were feeling that pursuit of Jesus, looking for what the next step was, had a place to come. So I want to thank you so much if you've been a part of that Together for Washington campaign. Next Sunday literally is the last Sunday of the campaign. We're going to close it out. We're actually going to have one last offering next Sunday. So if you've never given, you can come next Sunday ready to give. Like I said, we've got 210. I'd love to close out with 220. So maybe there's still some families, individuals. And it's not about how much. It's just saying, I want to be a part of that story. I want to be a part of that story that's told for years to come that we helped make this happen. So, next Sunday is going to be a great Sunday. We're going to close out the campaign, have that final offering, and move into the next chapter that God has for us. But in the meantime, in the meantime, maybe this week, you and your spouse need to have a conversation. Maybe you need to talk to your mom or dad. Maybe you yourself need to sit down with a pen and paper and say, you know, it will be good for us to think about a plan. I, I want to get a plan. I want to experience that freedom of being in a place where we can give, where we can save. And God, help me, because I'm not sure that I can do this without your help. But I want to experience the freedom of giving, saving, and living as I become someone who can say, it's in God we trust. Father, thank you so much for uh, all that you are doing here in Washington, here through Connect Church, Lord. Father, I know we talk a lot about all the wonderful people who gave and all the things um, that have happened over the last three years, Lord. But we recognize, Lord, that this isn't us saying, look at what we've accomplished. We've just been privileged to be able to play a part in your story, Lord, because this is what you have done. Time and time again, Lord, I look back over the last three years and I try to make sense of some of these numbers. And, and in my head, I cannot calculate how we did it because it truly is a miracle. And God, you deserve all of the praise for the miraculous way in which you've worked and opened up these doors of opportunities for us to be in this, this beautiful building. And Lord, we know that so much more is still to come. There are so many more stories like Mike and Jen still to be told. So thank you, Lord, for all those who are uh, on this journey with us, learning more and more what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus and and what it looks like to, to be able to trust you with more and more areas of our life. Help us in that, I pray, in Jesus' name.